0: This episode is the second part of a two-part episode so please go back to episode 63 if you haven't listened to that one already so let's go for the next one let's go with alan james uh, asks what creature would you like to see but never have
1: Now, the thing is, Alan hasn't specified here. Hi, Alan. I hope you're doing well. Alan's a a good kind of friend of the the show. You haven't specified whether this this has to be a UK species? Maybe we should
0: go for a UK and a non-UK one then.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to go non-UK first, and this is going to be wild and out there for most people that know me because you know that I love my frogs and my my amphibians and reptiles. For a non-UK species, I'm actually going to go with the giant panda.
0: (laughs) I have never been so disappointed in you in my entire life.
1: No, and the reason is is because as even from a little girl I have absolutely Sorry. loved giant pandas <laughs> Not,
0: at least it wasn't lion
1: no no, like I, I just I absolutely I had this thing about giant pandas growing up I don't know why I don't know where it came from but I just absolutely fell in love with them and I would love to see them one day you know I don't know if I'll ever get that chance
0: I'm with Lucy Cook on pandas do you know what she says don't you stuff the panda save the salamander as in giant salamander and with her on that yes but carry on now i've now i've just shattered your
1: uk species and do you know what weirdly for a uk species i have seen them actually i saw them for the first time ever this year but it wasn't in the uk and it wasn't an adult it was a little baby one i'd love to see natterjack toads in the wild in the uk i have never seen them I have seen, for the That's first time list. in my life, I saw Natterjack Toadlets in Switzerland this year. I was out for one of my, my daily walks, um, but I've never seen them in this country, so I think I'm actually going to go with the Natterjack Toad. Yeah,
0: Do you know, I've, on at least three occasions, put out feelers to go and see them in the world, and I've, all the people I've contacted have never even either... I've done a sort of speculative one on Facebook, and nobody said, oh, I'll take you, and everyone else I've emailed have just said, Well, not even got back to me so that's maybe you'll have more luck I know a friend of mine got got to go out on a tour and photograph them this year so who knows so if anyone's listening and wants to show us both some Natterjack toads you know you can come on the podcast and we can talk about them you know do get in contact
1: it's your turn now Neil
0: right non-UK I I know what it is because I've decided at some point I'm going to Christmas Island but not just to see the Christmas Island crabs I want to see a robber crab biggest land of invertebrate in the world or coconut crabs. They are cool. They are they are just like, you know, size of a bin lid. Mm. There's that brilliant picture online as that goes around viral yeah. so often. And the only thing that can break into a coconut.
1: Maybe, maybe we can do UK wildlife podcast on
0: tour. British, wildlife British. Well, next year I want to go and see Azure Hawker and Northern Emerald. But I'm not going to go with Dragonflies, it's too obvious. Um, I haven't seen White-tailed eagle or Black Guillemot. I've oh, seen both of those. Uh, but again, kind of helps
1: when yeah, you work in Scotland for 8 months
0: <laughs> I quite fancy a lesser silver water beetle I quite like those rubber flies that like bumblebees, they're pretty cool
1: do we get those in but, this country?
0: yeah there's one in Scotland oh, okay. that Erica showed me a picture of unsurprisingly because <laughs> like, again I've
1: I've seen it in Switzerland but not seen it oh you did didn't yeah. you yeah because yeah, I sent you a picture and went Neil what's this <laughs>
0: See, funny enough, Natajack's quite high up on my list as well, but you've already said Natterjack, which sort of ruins me <laughs> saying it. Oh, and I've seen Smooth. I said Natterjack's the only native reptile amphibian I haven't seen now. Let's go with Azure Hawker, because that's going to be top of my list to get next year on my Dragonfly there tour. You go. So I'm going to go with Azure Hawker. I'll probably come back later, halfway through the next question, and go, no, no, actually, I've decided to change my mind. But I'm going to go with Robert Crab and Azure Hawker. Right, I'm, there we go. There we right,
1: go. okay, next question what's your favourite nature reserve and why? And this is from oh, um, Wiggly Manx, and they've also put in brackets, it's not allowed to be in your home county.
0: Oh, that's good. I can stall for time by saying Rainham would be up there, but that's in Essex. <laughs> I quite like fingering in wick. No, I know. It, it, I forget how, <laughs> when you first hear that name, how it sounds, but no, it's not um, rude at all. It's got turtle doves and nightingales and all sorts of grass snakes and adders as well. Um before you think I've gone bird nuts. See, I quite like Bempton and the Fine Islands, it's Skoma, Loch Garten, that's wonderful, isn't it? You know well it's not garden it's what's the forest called? It's Abernethy. Abernethy, that's it. Abernethy that's wonderful place. But it's cold most of the year, so you know. You haven't got the inverts. I mean I could go with Fursley, but that's not quite as good as it used to be. You
1: gotta pick you gotta pick one now. I've
0: got to pick one. Do you know what? At right at this moment, I see Elmley used to be brilliant, but that's the manager at that place for pe- for not for wildlife, for people is not quite so good. They don't let you in until too late and too early, but I'm not going into that on this podcast. Do you know what? Let's go with Arne, because I've never been anywhere else in Dorset since I've been into wildlife photography, because I always end up spending all my time at Arne. So I'm going to go with Arne, because it's got raft spiders, it's got hornet robber flies, it has got sand lizards, isn't it, and smooth it's got mm. all the reptiles, I think, not that I've ever yes, seen in Yes, it has. <laughs> Seeker deer. Oh, okay, I know they're mammals, but, you know, they're pretty cool for deer. Water voles, wasp spiders, probably got wolves, I imagine. Oh, and it's got ospreys and and visiting white-tailed sea eagles now as well. Let's, let's go with on. I haven't been there for, God, six years, but I'm going to go with on. Sure. Yep. Oh, it's got heath crab spider as well. So what's your favourite reserve then, Vic?
1: So I, I could actually cheat and I could say there's one called Clay Hill which technically is not in my home county because my home county is Somerset. You're not allowed Somerset. Well, no, my home county is Somerset. Clayhill is actually in Wiltshire, but I'm not going to go with it because it is kind of cheating because actually I'm right on the Somerset-Wiltshire border and it is about 15 minutes from my house. (laughs) I'm actually going to go with one in Norfolk and I can't for the life remember the name of it, but it's one that I've been to a few times and it's like a Heathland area in Norfolk. I've been probably... Two, certainly two or three times so anytime i go over to norfolk in the autumn time i always try and go there it's a norfolk wildlife trust one and it is absolutely amazing for fungi and autumn colors i've seen i got a glimpse of uh, a snake i couldn't tell you which species it was because it was as it disappeared off The fungi up there is absolutely amazing definitely my favorite place in the uk that i have been to to photograph fungi and I can't for the life of me remember the name of it, so I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to look it up and get back to
0: you. I oh, edit it in. Well, that's that's quite good. At least you know I might take a long time to pick, but at least I've picked a name. Vic looked it up. It was Buxton Heath.
1: This isn't a. It's not a well-known one, and it's got a tiny little car park, maybe space for five or six cars if you actually park sensibly i know there's i've got a few friends that live in norfolk and they probably know the one i'm talking about because it's got ponies very friendly ponies
0: right it's got another question from corvid crazy chap he asks who would you invite to a dinner party from the nate community dead or alive well we're both gonna say david attenborough so let's skip him who would you ask other than david attenborough
1: okay i'm gonna go with a couple of people here and you may or may not know them and they're not I mean, they are in the nature community. So for me, it would probably have to be... I mean, there are loads of people I'd probably want to invite. Two live people, they are still very much alive and kicking, are Dr. Jonathan Colby and Katie Garrett. And basically, because I'd love to just sit there and chat amphibians, reptiles and art over dinner, I think it would be absolutely amazing. And... A dead person, I think, would actually be really interesting to have is a naturalist that's kind of actually reading a book about him now. It's Alexander von Humboldt, I think, would actually be Ooh, yeah. a really fascinating person to have at a dinner party.
0: He's, he's one of those people, other than maybe Agassiz, that's got like the most things named after him, isn't he?
1: Mm. I just think, I'm reading a book about him now, and... Sorry about that, Neil. I <laughs> 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 dropped a whole load of stuff on the floor. Um... And it's really interesting in like his views on the natural world and his adventures and stuff. I think it would just be fascinating to sit there and
0: talk to him about it.
1: It's a good question, though. Yeah. It's a really good question.
0: Well, I was thinking about it earlier today. and A podcast I'm going to do, let alone dinner, I've got to get Lee Davies and Erica on the podcast together because that would just be hilarious. Because, of course, he didn't speak to Lee. Lee's just basically fungi version of erica <laughs> so okay <laughs> let's go with people i've not met it's it's like classic people like wallace would be cool to talk to wouldn't they and
1: oh bill bailey wouldn't that be amazing
0: oh bill bailey yeah i'd love to get him on the podcast i don't think we would <laughs> i was planning to try, try a risky ask and then he win and one strictly come dancing and stuff like in demand even more than before maybe get bill bailey to come talk about wallace that'd be good start a twitter campaign to get him to go on <laughs> <laughs> It's a, good, it's a really good question. It's just, there's so many people I could think of that have written books on various groups that I know very little about or do know a bit about and want to know more about. I could think of so many scientists and I'm struggling. I can't have a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised you didn't say Jane Goodall, to be honest. Um,
1: that would also be a really cool guest to have.
0: I'd love to just sit at a table with... Imagine just sitting at a table and you've got yellow williams chris packham nick baker george mcgavin stephen moss and all all those guys we've had some of them on the podcast already obviously but just you know being a room them not chatting about stories and doug allen the wildlife filmmaker he'd be amazing wouldn't he yeah i'd actually listen to a podcast with him the stories he he told on that you know stories he could tell of the antarctic and there you go (laughs) (laughs) so i'm a bit of a wishy-washy answer but i'm going with that
1: (laughs) we've got one more question what creatures are you most afraid of? Or are you afraid of? And this is again from Alan, James.
0: He says he's scared of spiders, how spider-sized and that is.
1: Alan, give them names and welcome them into your house. You know, I, I have Boris, the spider. He's banned from my bedroom, but he's allowed in the rest of the house. Just name them.
0: Or just have a rampant population of cellar spiders like I do. And they just eat any oh, other spider. <laughs>
1: yeah, but they just make a mess everywhere. They
0: do make those orange blobs, and it's a bit annoying.
1: Mm, and it's really hard to get off.
0: Oh, well, everyone knows what I'm scared of leeches.
1: Now, do I have to pick an animal here, or.
0: <laughs> you can't say <laughs> Can humans.
1: I, I can't say humans. Why can't I say humans? It's not fair.
0: Because that's, like, too sort of preachy and boring an answer.
1: But it's not all humans. Yeah, still. A, a lot of humans. Okay, for me, it has to be ticks.
0: Oh, actually, yeah. I
1: think, yeah, I think it has to be ticks. The thing is, I'm not afraid of them, though.
0: It's logical, isn't it? It's a logical. You're afraid of Lyme's disease, is what you're scared of.
1: Yeah, it's more what they can transmit. I'm not actually afraid of a tick. I'm not going to run a mile or scream like a girl if I see a tick, but I, I don't like them. And I don't think there's no actual animal that I could say for sure that I am scared of or afraid of.
0: I used to be scared of dogs. Which and people think I hate them <laughs> because I moan about the effect of them, but I actually I actually really rather like dogs, and people don't people are quite shocked. Even people that I've known for years go, "Oh, you're not? They they get a dog? Oh, you don't like dogs?" And no, come here. Firm to people most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, I absolutely love snakes, but when they do the whole sinuous moving thing, but I've had it with a grass snake, so I know they're not harmful. But there's that primal fear of snakes, isn't there? And I think there's a little bit of my, you know, my reptilian brains going, oh, "It's a snake!" Did you get that, Vic? Some people. No, I I
1: think that missed me. See,
0: so it would have evolved out of humans in. Europe bit I suppose because it's not so big a threat as the Riffelli where there's probably loads of
1: <laughs> I, th- I think the difference is you know there's a lot of in like you know obviously snakes and then you know, another potentially harmful stroke dangerous animals mm. I have a healthy respect for them mm-hmm. I am yeah. not afraid of them I have a healthy respect for them and I know how to behave around them and how not to behave around them you know and, and work respectable distance from them and then I get to enjoy being in the presence of these amazingly beautiful and stunning animals but i'm not afraid of them and i think the primal fear for snakes just never even made it to me i, th- I think it bypassed me i'm yeah. not gonna lie
0: it's never really had an effect i think part of it as well is perhaps the opposite of the question what got into nature i used to have a recurring nightmare of a of a snake-like creature rapidly moving towards me and leaping up at me. you know that, that's the point i woke up and if anyone's watched Stargate with the gore old lava that wiggle across the floor and then jump up and... Or the Master in the... Amer- this is getting proper niche nerdiness. The American Doctor Who movie would have been the 8th Doctor. In the Master's like that as well. It's like a snake-like, serpent-like animal that burrows into your neck or dives down your throat or whatever. Oh, in both bot of those. Botfly. Oh, that's another bot thing. Botfly. Again, that would not mm. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be a bit worried about getting one. Yeah, I don't like things that bite me, but that's just, again, a bit logical again, isn't it? So going back to the primal fair, yeah, wiggly, I think that's probably where that comes from a little bit, maybe. Mm. Which is quite funny, really, <laughs> how much I love snakes. But
1: So I've come up with a question. This is a little bit of fun, and it's not actually related to nature at all. And you haven't warned me um, about I just, it. <laughs> and I haven't warned you about it, no. This is to kind of put you on the spot. And you can do the same to me, it's fine. I will happily answer this question as well. Just because, obviously, we've got an amazing group of listeners and they know that we love nature and wildlife and they know a lot of our quirkiness and everything else. But tell our listeners one thing that people don't know about you that they might or probably would find surprising and it's not allowed to be nature, wildlife or photography related.
0: Oh, God. I already said I like dogs, which would surprise a lot of people.
1: It's got to be completely kind of out there that most people don't know. That maybe even something I don't know about you.
0: No, I can't think of anything. It's a good question though, Vic. What do you think? Well, you go first and then I'll see if I can think of anything afterwards.
1: <laughs> okay, so I know a lot of people know that I used to play rugby at yeah. quite a high level. But here's something that most people don't know about me. And I'm not sure you know this about me actually, Neil. I was actually in the chess club. At, sorry, not the chess club, but the chess team. I was in the school chess team
0: when I was at school oh I wasn't good enough to qualify <laughs> <laughs> well actually no I was but the person I I needed to be to qualify claimed I moved twice
1: yeah I, I represented my school at chess it's
0: something people don't know about me I'm trying to think of a time for it my life was just wildlife and <laughs> family I once worked for the probation office for a week till I got a job doing what I do now <laughs> a bit well, boring well, there we
1: go. <laughs> how many people know that about you
0: see my life isn't interesting that's the problem he said no wildlife but i was an avid tropical fish keeper when i was younger no
1: we can take yeah, that yeah, i I'd, didn't know uh, that about
0: you i think you knew i had two pets sicilians but that was more when i was a bit older when i came back from uni mm. yeah i tried to breed cherry shrimps and failed which i'm now doing without even trying <laughs> i was leaving they're in their <laughs> tank on their own do people know i'm a paleontologist by training i don't know if they do really
1: I don't know I don't, I don't know if we've yeah. gone through our qualifications well, there you go. let's just finish off with that shall
0: we because that's sort of answering your question because my, my qualifications are I did bsc in paleobiology and evolution but there was a lot of ecology and biology in there and then I went on and did micropaleontology for a master's which is basically fossil plankton pollen and tiny things you need a microscope to see including ostracods hence they I squeeze them into it <laughs> Where I can, that was my thesis on there, and my, my undergraduate thesis was the paleo environment of London Clay of Walton on the Naze, which is 39 million years ago in the Eocene post dinosaurs. Yeah. So what what's your qualifications, Vic? Because I think I do know this, but um...
1: so I've got a bachelor of science in zoology with marine zoology, and I did my dissertation on the, you, this. You don't know, and this is going to shock you. My dissertation for my bachelor of science was. Learning and forgetting in passerine birds. Oh,
0: scandalous.
1: <laughs> I know, shocking. It was a research project, so we actually, it was about seeing whether you could teach birds one thing and then get them to forget it and teach them completely the opposite. And it turns out that some garden birds are actually quite intelligent. Is that and why you hate in them? In did respect, they outsmart you? In terms of everything. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just recording them hour after hour after hour for a year and then my master's is in wildlife biology and conservation and my thesis for my master's was actually on the effect of visitor numbers and noise on captive ringtail lemurs in relation to their enclosure design i think i think you probably knew my qualifications but not the dissertation so there we go
0: i see why you get that quiet <laughs> my master's thesis was off to god carl say who's doing the ghost ponds project in norfolk collected a load of samples from the bottom mud of loads of ponds across Norfolk, took loads of readings of various different abiotic factors and biotic factors, like macrophyte cover and pH, blah, 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 blah. And I went through every mud sample, sieving them, picking out every single ostracod shell. For those that don't know ostracods, think of a tiny, tiny shrimp. We're talking like two, three millimetres long, sometimes smaller. I think they max out about five millimetres. Then give it a bivalve shell, like a seashell, with a little see-through window from to see out of, and just the legs and antennae stick out. They die, and then you get each shell, and you can identify the species from the muscle scars and shape. Ah, uh, condona, herpetocypris, all things like that. Uh, one called Darwinula, which has barely evolved, which is why it's called ironically called Darwin, I suppose. And I compared the factors and what species occurred, so you could work out, if you found an old sediment layer, you could work out what the paleo environment like, well... Say paleo, it's only sort of hundreds of years and thousands of years, so yeah, that was a pretty cool project. Although I never actually wrote it up into a paper, although I was pre pandemic, we were starting the motions to do it. That all petered out because I obviously I couldn't go in and see my old tutor anymore. You know, one day I might have a scientific paper to my name.
1: Well, on that, if there was one thing you could go back to study now, what would it be?
0: If I did a PhD, I would love to do the impact of dogs humans and horses going into ponds on that pond because we know it causes problems but there's very little research in it and i'd love to do a phd to prove either way is it as big a problem as we fear or are we over worrying it and unfortunately i doubt it's the latter but it's still subjective you know as a scientist you've got to be objective on it but i'd love to do that or if someone does that i'd I'd, I'd be happy to go and help them just to you know i'd want to plot all the factors And uh, I've got it planned up my head with, you know, trowel cams and days standing by the pond. And you'd you'd dig on a few different sites. You'd have a load of ponds that are fenced off and a load that aren't in a busy dog site. Maybe even have some with signs saying no dogs and dogs welcome and see if that affects how many dogs go in there. And I have a sneaking suspicion on some sites the one that says no dogs will have more dogs in it than the one that says dogs welcome. (laughs) Crikey, this is going to be one of our longer episodes. Oh i quite used to editing short ones.
1: <laughs> well, I think I, could, I said for me, if I could go back and study anything now, I think it would be poisons, venoms and toxins in the natural world.
0: Oh, that's a cool subject.
1: I'd love to study that.
0: A bit too close to chemistry but, for me there.
1: Weirdly, I, I would, wasn't that great at chemistry, but oh, I love, I did poisons, venoms and toxins in the marine environment as part of my degree. I'd love to go back and study it fully. One day maybe. For now, I'll just read about it instead.
0: I think I decided that I wasn't quite cut out to do the site. I can do some of it. I can do the, the field work and stuff like that, but I wasn't quite cut out for the full whack of academic life. But I'm quite good at doing this sort of thing and getting excited about what other proper scientists find out. I'm quite good at shouting about forums, so <laughs> yeah. It's one reason we do this. See, I was going to ask if you get any guests on the show. Who would you get, Vic? Oh, that's a bit close to the dinner one, isn't it? And we just say David Attenborough mm. again, so. It's the answer to every question (laughs) David Attenborough What's the most disappointing animal you've seen You thought would be really good That's a really hard one This is a problem We need time to think about these questions
1: Yeah, because I don't think I'd ever I'm never really disappointed in an animal that I see
0: Some people Because I remember when I first saw my first whale It was kind of Oh, it's just the fin But it was a freaking whale So I didn't care (laughs) (laughs) You <laughs> know You don't really care, do you? I people oh, it's a bit underwhelming. All you see is a dorsal thing, like a minky whale is what I've seen. And it's a freaking minky whale, you know. Okay, it wasn't breaching like a humpback, but still blooming great big animal,
1: isn't it? Yeah. I don't I don't think I'd actually I don't think I've ever been disappointed in any animal that I've I've seen.
0: Not even a little warblery thing. I think of any, see, I don't probably go and kind of see those rare oh. things like that in the be, Jays. trying to think if there's one that I did see.
1: No, see, I don't go out of my way to see stuff like that and I don't pay that much attention to the small birds anyway. See,
0: I went to Fursley last year to see the crossbills and there was a little bunting and a rustic bunting. And the little bunting was basically just a a slightly different female reed bunting. But the rustic bunting was quite nice, actually. It was still brown, but, it, you know, quite chocolatey chestnutiness going on. in it, And, you know, I found myself thinking... Mm, kind of see it but i see pictures of like of somebody's warbler and i'm literally going looks like a reed warbler <laughs> i can't see the oh a greenish warbler that's it you've got a green warbler which is greenish but there's also a greenish warbler which is less greenish than green warbler and i can't get excited about that i think i be a bit i suppose the novelty of seeing something really rare be good you wouldn't have caught me in a big crowd of people That's a bit of a tangent. There was a big hoo-ha about that. Did you see... Oh, you didn't see all that. Basically, a green warbler turned up at Bempton. Do you see any of that, Vic? Nope. And there was a massive crowd formed by these bushes. And people started moaning and, um, you know, oh, it's it's terrible what they're doing, blah, 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 crowding the bird, blah, blah, But they're all staying away from the... Well, I'll come to it in a minute, but the crowd was staying away from the bush and people were attacking the OSB and people were, like, laying into it having a go, blooming twitchers, Blah blah, 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 blah. And Lucy McRoberts was quite sensible, as usual, and then said, what are you all moaning about? Nobody's doing anything wrong. They they raised a couple of grand for the air ambulance. You know, Bird wasn't harmed, and except for, I don't think Lucy had seen it when she said that, and it might have happened afterwards it came out, there was two or three people went barging into the bush playing Birdsong, which is not right. No. But three people out of however many hundreds went to see it, you know, you shouldn't tarnish all the twitchers with the same brush. But it was quite... One interesting side note I will say is there was people there defending the Twitchers that I have seen lynching photographers and lumping all photographers into a, you know, oh, bloody photographers are always causing problems, oh, you know, always them, blah, 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 blah. But it wasn't photographers that time. It was people with binoculars around their necks and uh, going into that bush, not people with cameras. But we've talked about lumping people into groups when they're in both anyway. But it was quite interesting to see it. people normally moan about photographers who were having to defend their pastime. My point I'm trying to make here, if people are wondering, oh get one over on the Twitchers. No, but the point I'm saying is, you know, stop believing everything you see on social media and jumping on the lynch mob. Don't not saying photographers don't act like a complete well, dicks there's no other word for it on some of these twitches and rare birds and uh some idiots doing something stupid with shorted hours already this winter, so but yeah. Anyway, don't lynch people. Yeah, yeah I'm not quite w- sure how there. we even you know got I mean. onto
1: that waffle.
0: Oh, it's because yeah, <laughs> I can't, something triggered my memory of it earlier, but it came up again a couple of days ago. So, yeah, I stay completely out of the argument. I just thought I can't bother with it <laughs> for a change. <laughs> well, that sounds like a good place to finish. I think.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I hope hopefully everyone's kind of enjoyed our little fun yeah. interviewing section.
0: Well, and I'll let you know now the original is an hour and a half long so it'll be interesting to see how long <laughs> it comes up
1: being. there's a lot of dead space in it though
0: there is me trying to think <laughs> you might be hearing the, the the cogs whirring well it's been great to have you back thank you it's good to be back I hope you all enjoyed it guys you'll be back for most if not all of them for the next few months won't you
1: yeah I might be a bit hit and miss there here and there but yeah generally speaking I'll be around for the next few months
0: yeah so probably no bird episodes
1: oh we did (laughs) say we do barn owls though
0: yeah if you want us to do barn owls let us know and we'll do it yeah right well that's it from us guys see you all next time
1: take care
0: bye bye bye
1: thank you for listening to the UK Wildlife Podcast if you enjoyed this episode then please do subscribe and leave a review for us on Apple Podcast or whichever podcast service you use
0: you can follow us on Twitter at UK Wildlife Pod or one word
1: or on instagram at uk wildlife podcast
0: and like us on our facebook page uk wildlife podcast and you can also post to the uk wildlife podcast community group
1: If you would like to share your wildlife news or sightings with us on Instagram or Twitter, then please tag us in the post and use the hashtag UKWildlifePodcast.
0: And you can now support us through our Buy Me A Coffee account, which you can find at buymeacoffee.com forward slash UKWildlifePod, where you can give us a one-off bit of support or join our membership scheme. Head there to find out more. This episode was edited by Neil Phillips. The music is by Oscar Henderson. You can find him on Instagram at oscar.creates.